Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast episodes. Today I'm really excited because we have the wonderful chef Whitney Aronoff with us. So Whitney, if you don't know, is a health supportive personal chef passionate about wellness, the vibration of food and supporting others in living their best life. Knowing that a healthy diet is just one layer of being well, in 2021 she launched the podcast High Vibration Living. Welcome to the show Whitney, how are you doing? Great. How are you guys? Good. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk all things food today. I love food. So I'm very excited for us to talk about manifestation and food and high vibrational living and food. And as I said to you before we started recording, you are the first chef we've had on the podcast. So I'm sure everybody listening is going to be super excited for this one today, Whitney. But before we get started, before we get into all of the goodness, when did you spiritually awaken, Whitney? What's your story? So mine happened at multiple times. So, and they seem to be related to where I was living. So the first one I really remember was when I was seven years old and we moved into really my childhood home. It had been my great grandparents' home. And so when we moved in, my dad was showing me around the house and I had been there before because it was my great grandparents' house, but he showed me what my room was going to be and how it was my great grandfather's office. And he died here. And then, oh, look, you have your own bathroom. And like, you know, just kept it going, like no big deal. Like someone died here. This is where you're going to be sleeping. And my natural reaction as a kid was, okay, well, he's here in the room. So I'll just talk to him every night when I go to bed. And, you know, my grandparents lived in the house next door and my grandpa died there. So I would do the same thing whenever I was in the kitchen, the kitchen cabinets would open and close by themselves. So I just assumed it was my grandpa and I would just talk to him there. And so that was kind of naturally occurring as a seven-year-old. And um, I was constantly being told at the time, you know, I had to listen to my gut and make gut decisions and, you know, adults couldn't help me make the best decisions for me. I needed to do them for myself. And so I was going through that a lot at the age of seven. And then I remember the next one was in my mid twenties when I moved into an apartment in Beverly Hills and there was a ghost in that apartment. Um, and that's what I noticed throughout my life is, you know, I hit another one when I turned 30 in the apartment that I lived in Washington, DC. So Every few years, it's almost like an up-leveling. There's another one. It never stops. That's That's been my experience. 
I love that though. And as you can imagine, like I hear so many different awakening stories here on this podcast from, you know, 200 odd guests at this point. And it's actually interesting because this is the first story I've heard about ghosts coming in and like, you know, being those sort of like moments of those awakenings, because absolutely you're right. We go through multiple awakenings throughout our life and, you know, we'll continue to, but it's really interesting that yours has been triggered by those locations, those houses, those ghosts in those places. So I love that. That's super interesting. So how did we get from experiencing these ghosts in these apartments to being the chef of extraordinaire you are today? Yeah. So the way that I got into ultimately going to a health supportive culinary school, learning how to heal myself with food, as well as maintaining and building a spiritual practice was because when I was in high school, we moved again. And when we got settled into this home, about my sophomore year of high school, I noticed every night that I laid down to go to sleep, I'd start to get horrible stomach pains. And the pains would come every night when I'd lay down to go to sleep. And when I started to put my hands on my stomach where the pain was, I would start to see movies. I would start to see these different time periods. And I was trying to figure out, like, are these past lives? And I would see different ways that I that I died or someone who seemed like they were carrying my soul died. And this was happening every single night and the pains were just getting worse and worse. So I spent, you know, my teenage years and my twenties spending all the money that I made going to different doctors around the country, trying to figure out the root cause of my stomach pains and no one could help me. They couldn't even guide me in diet. You know, they wouldn't even listen to what my pains were really. And they wouldn't even listen to how I was currently eating because I've always had a very, you know, quote unquote healthy diet. My favorite food has always been steamed broccoli. And they wouldn't even ask me what I was eating. They would just tell me, oh, if you're having stomach aches, you just need more fiber, eat more broccoli. And I knew that wasn't it. I knew something else was going on. So it wasn't till I was finally able to find someone in my 30s to start doing hands-on energy healing that I started to dive into past lives. And as I started to recognize the past lives and, you know, heal them, essentially recognize that they existed, recognize how I passed in that life and that I'm safe and that that's not going to happen again, the pain would go away. And I would do it over and over and over again. And some took a really long time to go away. For years, I would lay down and have a meditation where I would see three bullets in my stomach in the same spot. And it took many years, many practitioners to heal that wound. And then all the pain was gone. All the pain I had been suffering for years and years and years with was finally gone. And it was all recovered through spiritual work, past life work, hands-on healing. Now, did the diet support that? Absolutely. Eating a healthy, clean, quality, seasonal diet helps you up-level your consciousness, your spirituality. It allows these things that are already in you to be to be activated so you can release them. But you can't be healthy without a spiritual practice and you can't have a spiritual practice without a good diet. The two are married together. And that's what I want to help people understand is if you feel like you're eating healthy and you're not getting the results you want, maybe there's something you need to do with your spiritual practice. And if you have a spiritual practice and you're not getting the abundance you want or the attraction that you want or you know just any parts of the life that you want 
pain-free, whatever it is. Maybe there's something you need to do with your diet. Maybe there's something you need to do to clean up your vessel. So I find that the two are really married together from my personal experiences. It's so true. And I think there's always that missing element to it because I feel like I can totally resonate with that when I was started to kind of go down my healing journey once I'd kind of awakened and found the law of attraction and manifesting. That's when the kind of like real inner work came up. And it was always very much a focus on the spiritual body of like meditation and all these different things. And there is always quite a big focus now on the cognitive side of, you know, like whether that's different modalities like EFT, tapping, IMT, EMDR, like there's a lot of cognitive and spiritual focus. But I didn't find true, true, like ultimate healing until I worked on the body. And it was just something that just wasn't really spoken about of marrying mind, body, spirit together, like you say, and that we have to work with all three to really find that healing. And for me, you know, a lot of that trauma was in the body. You know, the body keeps the score, as the famous book says, and it really freaking does. So absolutely through that power of food, I think, like you say, you know, if you're seeing your spiritual practice is kind of stagnating, you're probably doing all the things, but then are you supporting your mind? Are you supporting your body at the same time? I think it's really important that we look at the full picture of things instead of just getting frustrated that that practice we're doing or the journaling we're doing isn't working or, you know, you might be working on the cognitive mind, but are you looking at the body too? So I love that you mentioned that because I think it's so important for people to hear. And I think it makes a lot of sense when we can look back and think, ah, that was why maybe what I was doing wasn't necessarily working to the results that I wanted. Yeah. And I think at this time when people are becoming more focused on what they're eating, what they're putting on their body, when they're consuming certain foods, they can get frustrated. You know, I'm doing all the things. I'm following the program. I've done the cleanse. Why am I not getting the results that I want? Why do I still have joint pain, inflammation, you know, skin rashes, stomach aches and pains, haven't lost the weight? Because maybe there's a spiritual component that needs to be addressed. And I think when people start to understand that they're in a, phys- they're in a physical body, an emotional body, a spiritual body, and a mental body, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that we have to address. And it can seem overwhelming, but you know, a healthy diet is a simple diet. It's not complex. It's not 50 million supplements. It's not formal, you know, layered, you know, meals. Everything can be simplified, just like our spiritual practice can be simplified and there can be ebbs and flows and we can change it through the season and all of that can support us. Mm. And it's it's true because even just you mentioning the weight side of things there, like I've had it even recently where... I was just so frustrated that all of a sudden I was carrying this weight around my stomach and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying hard. I'm trying to drink my water each day. I'm trying to be good. And I was like, what is happening? Like I'm being so intentional. And my friend had to remind me, Hannah, she was like, Emma, you are going through a lot spiritually right now. Like you were spiritually carrying that weight as well. And I think I needed that reminder. And as soon as I was able to regulate my nervous system again, and like, you know, once the kind of stress that I was going through had calmed, dropped off and I hadn't even didn't even have to think about it and it's so interesting isn't it how we can get so frustrated of like I'm going to the gym I'm eating well and actually sometimes the weight is trauma weight but also like that energetic spiritual weight as well there's so many different factors to it so I think you know what you're saying is just going to resonate with a lot of people because again sometimes we need that reminder of we can do all the things but sometimes we need to look at the whole picture as well (laughs) 
Absolutely. Yeah. And just give ourselves a little bit more grace. And then, you know, when we're ready, look around and figure out, okay, what's in my life now that no longer serves me that I need to let go of? Is it something in my diet that I need to let go of or I need to upgrade? Like maybe you love orange juice, but you've been just grabbing processed orange juice off the shelf, like, you know, a pasteurized orange juice. Um, Maybe it's time to up level. Maybe it's time to buy oranges and fresh squeeze it, or you're going to go to that more health supportive market that's maybe a little bit more expensive, but their orange juice is fresh squeezed every morning. So you're going to upgrade to that because you know your body needs the real thing now. And there's stuff in that other pasteurized orange juice that's just not resonating with who you are now. So little things along the way, like you're always going to upgrade a little bit. You don't have to be perfect, but when you hit those stagnation points, figure out where you can make edits in your diet and I think in your lifestyle and spiritual practice. Mm. So Whitney, what is high vibe cooking and how does our food impact our vibration? Yeah. So everything is energy. As we know, you and I are energy and in the work of law of attraction and the work of manifestation, right? We want to be vibrating at a level that matches what we want to attract. So same with our food, all the food on the planet has an energetic frequency. So the fruit and vegetables that you pick up, you know, that's why you often see people at a grocery store, farmer's market, they'll pick up one apple and they'll put it down. They'll pick up another apple and put it down. Whether they're conscious or not, they're feeling something and one of them isn't right for them, you know? And all of that has a frequency. And when we prepare our food, when we cook our food, whether it's on the stove, in the oven, outside on the grill, in a microwave, that's putting a different frequency into the food and changing its intention. Just like when you're in the kitchen or I and, or, and I'm in the kitchen and we're having a really good time, we're laughing, we're singing, we're being joyful, we're playing with our food through the preparation, we're putting a pretty high vibration into that food versus the times that we're preparing the food and people are fighting in the kitchen or we're in a bad mood, we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed. All of this is changing the energy. There's a lot going on with our food and we want to be eating food and preparing a food that's going to meet our frequency or take us higher. So we can attract more of what we want. It's, it's so true. And I think, you know, thinking back when you do, like you say, have a bit of fun. And um, I've been talking about this recently in my work around ritualizing things and how, you know, take the time, even if it's as you're preparing your meal, take the time to be truly, fully intentional and present with it, because you're going to get those benefits from it, from, you know, the love and the energy and the intention you're putting into it. And um, when we had Mira Manek on the podcast, she is an Ayurvedic teacher. And she was talking about, you know, like putting love into each ingredient and things like that. And I just love that intention and that way of looking at food because I think food can become, and I know it definitely is for me sometimes, almost like that transactional kind of thing of I need to eat, right? What can I eat? What's the quickest thing? And I think we need to put so much more love into food and so much more love into what we're doing with our food because it's going in our body. So obviously that is going to have an impact on us. So what would be some of your top tips? I'm going off the question list here. Whitney, yeah. What are some of your top tips for people who maybe feel time stressed with food, but really want to reap the benefits of being more intentional with prepping their food? So 
you need to know good, better, best. So you kind of need to make a list of your go-to snacks, your go-to lunches, your go-to dinners. And if you feel like you're hitting a stagnant point, that's when you find one, two, or three new recipes to add into your diet. But when you are preparing your food at home and you want to be more intentional with how you're preparing them, and you want to know that you're putting love, good energy, changing the vibrational frequency of it, there's a few things that you can always do. One is I like to, as I slice my carrots, slice my vegetables, prepare my broccoli to blanch or steam, when I slice, I try to say a positive affirmation. And when you start working on always making yourself say a positive affirmation when you're doing that, it will start to naturally start to come. And it's also a great way to quiet the mind. So if you're stuck or mulling over something that happened to you at work that day or in your life, and you know it's really frustrating you, you're just going over the experience over and over again, doing that process of slicing and preparing food and just switching to Love, 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 love. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Abundance, joy, health, whatever it is, that really helps. Just that mind mantra. You don't have to say anything out loud. Another thing Mm -hmm. I love to do is turn on some music and specifically high vibrational music. So the words that the singers are singing is affecting your body. And you're ultimately going to tune in and start singing as well. So that's going to affect your body and your health. So you want to make sure that you're choosing musicians that are mindful about the words that they're using. So I like to turn on um, anything by White Sun. That's one of my favorite bands. They're an award-winning, Grammy award-winning band here in the U.S. Um, and they sing Kundalini mantras in a way that doesn't make it feel like it's a Kundalini mantra. And I choose one of their stations on Spotify, which then mulls into playing all these different like-minded musicians and bands that are all using very specific mantras that are focused on, you know, a vibrational frequency. So I love to do that. That always uplifts your food. Another thing you can think in mind when you walk in the door and you're just still in that irritated state, burn some sage. Burn some sage on you, burn it in the kitchen, set the intention, clear your workspace, clear where you're going to be eating dinner, you know, and other little things that you can do too, is just try to eat outside, get the distractions of your social media and your tech away from you and just try to, you know, grab your meal and go outside, whether it's sitting on your doorstep, trying to find a park, all those little things work. Hmm. Um, it's so true because I feel like whenever I have my lunch outside, even if it's cloudy, it doesn't have to be sunny, but I feel like when I'm on my lunch break and I'm like, right, just need to like get out the office, get out the house. And I will just really enjoy sitting in the garden with my dog and obviously, you know, just eating my lunch. And I think even that moment for me is such a romanticizing and intentional moment because again, I'm like, this is time for me. It's time for me to nourish myself. It's time for me to ground back into nature as well. So yeah, absolutely. Get outside as much as you can. And, you know, here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're in summer now. So we're in the perfect time for that outside alfresco dining as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I love to share that. So, Whitney, what are some high vibration and low vibration? Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
celebration foods then? So we talked about orange juice, and that's a great example to show you that one food can go two ways. So a high vibration food would be fresh squeezed orange juice. Whether you prepared it or you bought it at a market, if it's fresh squeeze, all it is is the juice from an orange. Now, a low vibration food would be a pasteurized shelf-stable orange juice or a concentrated orange juice in the freezer because they add added scents. So they don't have to label it, but every orange juice company has a manufactured scent. So that way, when you open it up, it smells like it's fresh orange juice. It all has color additives. It all has ingredients to help make that orange juice stay on the shelf longer. And, you know, that served a purpose for people that want orange juice 365 days a year, but oranges don't grow on trees every day. You know, they aren't always available. It really is a seasonal food. So a high vibration food would be the fresh squeezed orange juice. The low vibration would be the orange juice pasteurized on a shelf. You know, a high vibration food would be carrots, whether you eat them raw in a dip with hummus you roast them, you braise them, you put them in a soup. A carrot would be a high vibration food. A low vibration food is if you're eating those carrots in a microwavable meal. Mm. So everything on this planet, if it's a fresh food, whether it's a grain, a, you know, a well-prepared bread, um, nuts, seeds, olive oils, healthy fats, butters, you know, proteins, animal proteins, fresh caught fish, seafood, grass fed, grass finished proteins, eggs from a chicken that roamed, all these things, all real food is a high vibrational food because it's carrying a frequency. It's carrying an upward spiral frequency. When the food gets heavily processed, now it's a stagnant or a downward spiral frequency. Look at when you look at the food, think about the life force. You know, mm-hmm. what is the life force of that food that's going to be transferred into me? Is the food in a frozen container or a canned container full of life force energy? Or has that changed because it's been made to be shelf stable? That stuff's great for emergency situations, but it's not something we necessarily want to be putting into us every single day. Mm. And I love what you share there because like you say, it's thinking about the quality of life it's had. It's thinking about where does it come from? Has it come from, like you say, that high vibrational space? But a personal question that I have, Whitney, for you is over the years, I felt quite confused from uh, the information out there around meat and whether it lowers your vibration or whether it's actually okay, depending on, like you say, whether it's grass fed, things like that. So what is your personal opinion on on meat and eating meat? Um, Yeah. with with the vibrational side of things. Absolutely. After many, I mean, I want to say 20 years of research, experimenting with everything on myself, talking to spiritual practitioners, literally around the country, whether it's mediums or shamans. I mean, I've gone to the ends of the earth to try to get the answers from people. So I knew that I was doing the right thing for my body as a spiritual practitioner and as a teacher, and as just as a soul that's trying to feel good in their body every day. And what I've learned is for most people on this planet, they need to eat meat in order for their body to be fueled and find balance and that they need that transfer of energy because meat is one of the best grounding foods on the planet. And we need to stay grounded in our body. The The, the more we become a spiritual practitioner or we dive into the spiritual practice, 
the more often it's easy for us to constantly leave our bodies, but we got to stay in our containers to do the work and be present and experience life. And meat and animal protein helps us do that. It also provides us the most incredible transfer of energy that we just can't get from other foods. Meaning if you take a look at like a cow or a chicken or any animal that roams, if you look at the part of the body that's moving the hardest, so the thighs, the legs, whatever's making the most movement, that's usually the dark meat. And you can experiment on yourself and you'll notice when you eat dark meat at a meal, versus the light meat at a meal, which is like a chicken breast, which is on the part of a body of the chicken that doesn't move very much. You know, you, you can look at your own breasts and see how hard of a workout it gets every day. That's not going to be as big of a transfer of energy. And you'll notice you feel very differently when you eat a chicken breast versus when you eat a chicken thigh. If you mm. eat dark meat of a cow, you know, versus the filet which is usually a part of the body that doesn't have a lot of fat or marbling because it's a part that hasn't worked the hardest. And what we're really doing is we're transferring energy into us so we can keep having this physical experience. But then that dives back to what's the quality, right? And that's what really matters. And we just try to do the best that we can with where we live in the world and what our, what our finances are and what we have access to. So on our best days, we buy grass-fed, grass-finished. That means the animal ate grass and hay, you know, which in most cases, that's what they've always eaten and that's what they should get to eat. And then when they're field harvested, that means that they are processed on the land where they were born, grew up, and have lived their lives, which is the most humane because they aren't put in the back of a truck and transferred to a processing facility. So they don't get scared and their cortisol doesn't go through the roof. Um, just like with chickens, we're always trying to find eggs from a hundred percent pasture raised farm where their hen house was either rotated on the property or they themselves were given different areas to run around and play and eat. So that's what we're looking for. We're living through an interesting time where, you know, there are both options on the planet and it costs a lot more to get what we know is the right thing for our bodies and for the environment and on a conscientious level. So you have to just do what's best for what you have access to and give yourself a little grace when you can't get exactly what you want um, and know that you're not a bad person and it's not going to affect your spirituality. It's not going to affect your health. If you have the intention when you're sitting down and eating to just give a little gratitude for your meal. Mm. And that gratitude for the meal is everything of, you know, being great. You know, we, as we know, gratitude is the best attitude. It attracts more reasons to be grateful. Mm. And I think, you know, like you say, there's so much information out there around food and the best things to eat and not to eat. And I love what you share there because, you know, sometimes like, especially I find when I'm traveling, you can't always just get access to the most healthiest, clean, amazing food. You know, yeah. there might be a fast food restaurant there as the only thing that you're going to be able to eat. But ultimately it's looking at the bigger picture of, well, as long as your intention is there for the large majority, you know, or even you could prep in advance if you're traveling, those kind of things as well. So I think, like you say, that balance is, is key with it all and listening to yourself, listening to what feels right for you. So how can we easily eat with the seasons and listen to our bodies? I love this question because yeah. I think, ooh, like how do the seasons impact what we eat? 
I loved that question too. And I think the first and foremost, when you hear that question, you think, oh, I have to go to the farmer's market. I don't have time for that. It's so much more expensive. There's not one in my area. And the farmer's market is a great place to get in-season food because that's exactly what it is. They're bringing you food that's from their farms every week. And so that is a great source to see what's going on. And if you can get there once a month, that's great. If you can get there every week, I mean, that's amazing. But if you can't, here in the U.S., when you walk into a grocery store, the front of the store will always have fresh in-season food, the fresh fruits and vegetables that they're trying to push, that they're trying to get your attention on because they have a limited run. And either you'll see that right when you walk into the grocery store or right when you enter the produce section. So even your local grocery shop is going to make it clear to you what's available right now, what's fresh and in season. Another thing you can do, no matter where you go to the grocery store, is start to build a relationship with the people that work in those different sections, in the produce, in the fish, in the meat. They are doing this every day. They're filled with so much more knowledge than you are aware of. Start asking them questions. Start asking them what's going to be coming in. What's fresh and in season this week? What might you know about coming through in a few weeks? You can also look at the prices. So like asparagus is a great example here in the U.S. When asparagus is cheap at the grocery store, that means it's in season and being grown here in the U.S. When asparagus is really expensive, when it's $6.99, $7.99, $8.99, a bunch, that means it's not in season and it's being grown in other countries. And the label's there. You can see that it's being grown in other countries, but that's also why it's more expensive. So those little things, you know, it makes it easy for us to to see what's available. We also live in a time where we can Google and see exactly what's in season in the state, country, or region that we're in. But this all helps us sync with our environment. And that's what we want to do, right? Because in order to be healthy, we need to calm our nervous systems and we need to get grounded. And a lot of the things that make us healthy and open up our third eye and help us expand our spiritual practice is connecting with our environment and our nature. And if we live in a city where we can't always put our feet on grass or sit under a tree or smell a fresh flower, we can eat foods that connect us with the season and connect us with the area that we're living in. Because At the end of the day, there's food grown outside New York City. There's food grown outside London. And so we can still connect with that earth by eating food that comes from there, which is going to be seasonal cuisine. Hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. So useful. And I know that, you know, it, it does make you more mindful of, like you say, because I'm even thinking as you were saying that, oh, yeah, like I love to eat that and that wouldn't be in season. So, yeah, that's why it's more expensive or there is less at that time of year or actually is that in season so yeah it's re- it really thought provoked because it's like oh yeah we don't actually necessarily think all the time is that in season or where is that coming from like you just kind of assume because it's there all year round in the supermarket yeah. it's grown all year round so. yeah you just want what you want when you want it and that's totally fine if you have an unlimited budget but you'll also notice even if you have unlimited abundance, because we all really do, if you eat strawberries year round, you'll find that they don't taste the same year round. And why eat it when it's not going to give you the most flavor boost? If when you bite into it, it's not going to 
bring you joy because it, mm-hmm. it's going to taste like something's missing. You know, that's why, you know, peaches are only available in the summer. The best apples are in the fall. Um, and so we surrender to that. We know we can get it at its best and we find new favorites each season, something to look forward to. Exactly. And then you look forward to it. Like you think, yeah, like you say, yeah, like the best apples are going to come in autumn. Then in the summer, I can dip into my peaches. Like you say, I think sometimes when you eat something and I find this when I get into such a habit with food as well, where I eat the same things week in, week out, it's, yeah. you know, because I really, really enjoy them. But then, like you say, when you have that break to enjoy the actual seasonal fruits or seasonal veg or whatever it is, then it's more special when you do tuck into it again, because you're going to have the most flavorsome version of it as well. So yeah, yeah, I love this. I think this is going to be resonating with a lot of people. Well, I love going to the grocery store and I'm like, I cook very simple for myself. I cook for five different families as a personal chef. And then I have to cook for myself when I get home. So when I'm at the grocery store and I'm picking out all the groceries for them and I'm following the menu and I'm doing their meal prep, what I'll do is You know, I keep a simple protein on my plate, a simple healthy starch such as, you know, brown rice, white rice, quinoa, millet, a sweet potato, a potato, a healthy starch, and then a vegetable. And when I'm at the store, I'll look at the beautiful vegetable display and I'll just think, what have I not eaten in a while? You just look at that lineup and just think, what have I not tried in a while? And that's what you grab. And you can blanch it, steam it, roast it. You know, there's unlimited possibilities now that you can find online, on social media, but just try once a week to incorporate something that you haven't had in a long time and see how your body responds. Love that. Good advice. Thank you, Whitney. So why is the healthiest meal you will ever have be one that you make at home? Because you control all the ingredients and that includes your attitude, your vibration, the cooking method. You know, are you putting it in the microwave? Are you putting it on the stove? Are you putting it in the oven? You know, are you putting it in an Instapot, an air fryer? Like what's the vibration of the cooking method going into it? You know, what is the oil, the healthy fats you're using? How are you pairing it on the plate? How are you feeling when you're preparing it? Very different from someone at a fast food chain or a restaurant who hates their job preparing your food, you know, and also understanding that when you eat out, most of the food that you're eating was prepared one, two or three days ago, and they're simply reheating it for you. So when you make your food at home, you're, it's going to be more fresh. It's going to be full Mm. of more life force energy. And that's all we're really going for here, right? Is we're looking for the biggest bang for our buck, the biggest of transfer of energy to fill us up with light so we can feel our best, enjoy our day, connect with our friends and family, open up our third eye, expand our spirituality, attract everything that we want, grow our finances, you know, expand beyond what we can even imagine and dream of our lives. And I think food is one of the foundations that can help us get there, get to our dream destination. I love that. So food really is the key to manifesting. Which is, I know a lot of people will be, you know, yeah. to hear of like, I, I kind of consider it like a foundation, you know, like a structural engineer. Like if you're building a home, the architect just doesn't start. 
they have to bring in a structural engineer to lay the foundation. So I feel like when you're starting a meditation practice or you're getting started working with you on law of attraction, or you're going through and watching all your manifestation YouTube videos, you're starting to journal, you're doing the work, you should take inventory as well as what type of water am I drinking? How am I feeling Mm -hmm. myself in the morning? What's the quality of my coffee or tea? Is there a way that I can up-level it? You know, I think taking inventory on our physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental bodies is what's going to help us move to the next level. It doesn't have to be perfect. One little tweak. And then with the season, we take inventory and we up-level again. And I think... Each season, we do these little tweaks, and we'll go beyond what we could ever imagine. I love that. Powerful stuff, Whitney. Powerful stuff. So my last question to you today, then, is what is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my lovely listeners with? Ooh, there's so many. Just give yourself some grace. I would say that would be the number one. There's no perfect way. Don't worry about what's on somebody else's plate. Figure out what works for you, what serves you. Do the best for yourself every day and give yourself some grace when it's not necessarily all going your way or you don't feel like you're doing it perfectly or, you know, you feel stuck or stagnant or, you know, all those feelings that we get. Just give yourself some grace. Give yourself a minute. And then just keep on pushing through. Love that. Beautiful advice. Thank you for sharing that, Whitney. So where can my followers find you if they want to learn more about your work? Uh, Thank you. So you can find me on all social media channels, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube at Whitney Aronoff. You can tune into my podcast, the High Vibration Living Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And then I have my own line of of organic spice blends on my website, starseedkitchen.com. Love it. And we'll put a clickable link to Whitney's website in the description below so you can go and access it really easily. But thank you so much, Whitney, for joining me today. I feel like I've taken away tons from this episode. So I'm sure everybody listening has learned so much from it as well. So thank you so much for sharing all your pearls of wisdom with us. Thank you. It's so much fun chatting with you. And I hope this supports your community that's, you know, already on their way because they're tuning into you. They already know what's up. So I hope this supports. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my episodes today. I really hope you enjoyed Whitney and I's conversation. As always, you can find a clickable link to Whitney's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about my coaching, my videos, my books, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a wonderful week, whatever you are up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love.